1: Time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at Brad Logan. C-O-T-E. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault. To the pavilion, to Swayze Field—it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan.
2: Welcome in the Believe Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Today we got Stefan Krasnick of the Clarion Ledger does a great job covering the Mississippi State Bulldogs. We'll get all of the intel in regards to the Bulldogs and what uh, Ole Miss fans can expect to see from Mississippi State on Thursday night, Thanksgiving night. The Egg Bowl now. There's a lot of distractions, and we'll get into all that. I mean, what does Ole Miss do? I mean, it was obviously a distraction in Fayetteville, and, and will they play well? Now, we noted on the Mike and Shea show that there are players that uh, understand the importance of this rivalry, hoping they're not distracted, and that they're telling you know folks are saying the right things. We heard from JJ Pegues, we've heard from Jackson Dart, we've heard from DeAndre Prince. Uh, of course, Pegues and Prince are Mississippi natives. They understand the importance of the Egg Bowl rivalry. Rebels are 2-0 and against Mississippi State under head coach Lane Kiffin. Question is, how long will Lane Kiffin be the head coach at Ole Miss? If everything is pointing like we think it's pointing to, he'll be named the new coach at Auburn. If that's the case, who better than Keith Carter to lead that search? Ole Miss will be okay. Ole Miss is in really good hands. They've done everything they can to keep Lane Kiffin. If he leaves – he leaves. It will not be because Ole Miss didn't do what they needed to do. This program is set up nicely, and that's in large part Thank you, uh, thanks to Link Given. A huge NIL budget, a program that, that's been built up after it kind of got broken down a couple of years ago. It's a really good opportunity for someone. We'll see what happens. But the Egg Bowl is next, and uh, we'll hear from Stefan here in just a moment. Thankful for our sponsorship with Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Be sure you can find reviews and news for every league, including the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today, use that mobile device, and join and make your very first sports bet. Use promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline.ag, BetOnline, where the game starts. Also coming to you today from the Debbie Johnson studio. Debbie Johnson's our real estate agent here on the Believe in his podcast. She can be yours today. Any type of real estate need that you need in the state of Mississippi, Debbie's got you covered with Kessinger. Call her on her cell phone, 662-689-0090. She's our real estate agent. This is her studio we are coming from. And uh, she's got all of your real estate needs, questions, answers. She's got them. Call Debbie today. Here's Stefan Krashnick with the Clarion Ledger. Covers Mississippi State. And we'll get everything you need to know from the Mississippi State Bulldogs right here on the Believe It Open's podcast, a part of the Believe Network. but online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in Mississippi that is your go-to. Remember real estate industry since 2003 looking for that special ag property maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger real estate family. Real estate.com, And Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. you're looking, maybe to relocate to Oxford. Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger real estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555 or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, A proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast.
0: It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life, a major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships, moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged, and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring Honors College, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss.
2: Hi, this is Brad Logan. The Grove Collective's mission is to support, elevate, and protect the well-being of all our student-athletes through a wide range of NIL opportunities and initiatives at Ole Miss. The collective was established to deliver a best-in-class NIL experience that is worthy of the student-athletes who give their all for Ole Miss. This consolidated and sustainable model provides premium access and experiences between our members, corporate partners, and our athletes. To support all Ole Miss athletes and their NIL platforms, visit thegrovecollective.com. That's the grovecollective.com. Join our team, become a member today. And welcome into today's Believe It On his podcast, a part of the Believe Network. It is the Egg Bowl, the 2022 version. And uh, we've got Stefan Kroshnick from the uh, Clearing Ledger, has done a great job covering Mississippi State all year long. Give him a follow if you haven't already. That's uh, S-K-R-A-J-I-S-N-I-K-3. And uh, Stefan, thanks for joining us today.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Exciting week uh, for everyone in the state, and of course, uh, especially those with alliances to Mississippi State and Ole Miss.
2: Yeah, I mean it. Uh, you know, Stefan, I talked to a number of people uh, over the summer, and everyone kind of had this game circled. And I think the sentiment was Ole Miss would be a ten to twelve point favorite, and here we are. It started out as a five and a half point favorite for Ole Miss. Uh, last I checked, it was down to two and a half. And a lot of that, I think, is because Mississippi State has really surged here at the end of the year, and Ole Miss has done quite the opposite. It's been quite a resurgence for this Mississippi State team in the back half of the schedule.
3: Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting year, definitely, for both programs. You know, when, when Ole Miss lost that game against Arkansas, and, you know, I looked at their record, and I looked at Mississippi State's record, and I was like, wow, if Mississippi State wins this game, they end up with the same, you know, eight and four regular season record, which I think if you would ask anyone – you know, even two weeks ago, that seemed unfathomable. I mean, you know, just just a couple weeks ago, you know, heading into the Alabama game, you know, a lot of people were talking about Ole Miss as a as a college football playoff sleeper, and Mississippi State was just coming off a you know an uninspiring win against Auburn, and it was like, you know, what was what was the direction of this team, knowing that that Georgia game was still ahead, and and now we're looking at a, a really big egg bowl that could really define you know how the season for both teams is remembered. I think for Mississippi State, you know. You remember Mike Leach's first year, that four and seven a year in 2020, you know, he bounces back with the seven win season, you know, last year. And you're looking at that and saying, all right, there's some momentum with the program. You know, things are going well, but you're still 0-2 in the Egg Bowl, which hurts. And now you look at this year, you have the chance to, you know, if you win the Egg Bowl and you win your bowl game, you can have nine wins. You can have an Egg Bowl win. And, you know, suddenly that momentum keeps carrying a bit. Um, so that, it, it's interesting. Um, you know how the seasons have transpired. Uh, you know Mississippi State did have a little bit of a a lull after that five and one star, and and part of that was due to schedule. I mean, you had you were at Kentucky, you were at Alabama. Um, you know they had the Georgia game a couple weeks ago, but I, I think overall, um, you know it's been a successful season for both teams, and it all kind of you know as as you kind of hope with these rivalries that it, it really comes down to this game to see how these seasons are going to be defined.
2: Yeah, all all fan bases have different perspectives on seasons. <clears throat> I know you've had a chance and to talk to a number of fans and kind of gauge the interest there. It's seven and four, three and four of the conference. Obviously we know that Kentucky game is one that the Bulldogs would love to get back. I thought they played well against Georgia. Uh Georgia's just, you know, quite frankly, one of the best teams in the country. Are there any other games on the schedule that Mississippi State looks back at and says, you know what? I think we really had a shot there.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at the schedule right now, and you look at the loss at LSU. You probably don't think much of it just because of what LSU has turned out to be, but I think Mississippi. I mean, they, Mississippi State played them, and I think it was LSU's third game of the year, might have been their fourth game of the year. Um, so you look at that, and, and at that time, you know LSU wasn't the LSU team that they are today, right? So I think you know Mississippi State had an early lead in that game, you know, had a chance to pull away, and, and didn't take you know didn't take their opportunities. And then LSU kind of came back into it in the fourth quarter, wore down the the state defense a bit, and and Jaden Daniels does what he does. And, you know, there was a huge muff punt in that game as well. So I think, you know, on paper, it doesn't look like a bad loss just because of what LSU is now and what we know, you know, how good this LSU team is. But you have to remember at that point, you know, that LSU team was really struggling to still find its identity under Brian Kelly. And I think state fans, along with that Kentucky game, kind of circled that LSU game and are like, man, if, if, if they just won, you know, one of those games – Um, we'd be looking at a whole different season right now. I mean, then, you know, if you win one of those games and you win the Egg Bowl and you win your bowl game, now you're looking at 10 wins, and and it changes a lot.
2: Completely changes the dynamic. Let's look at the offense just for a moment. We'll get to Will Rogers in a moment. But coming into the season, specifically the SEC media days, I made the comment that I felt like Mississippi State would have one of the best wide receiving cores in the country. That may not have come to fruition to to, to right now. But I still think that Jaden Wally, Caleb Ducking, who kind of came out of nowhere, the senior transfer. Tulu Griffin has had a big year. Rara, maybe not, maybe not catching the ball, but the, from the return game. Ra right. Thomas. It's, it's all over the place. Now Rufus Harvey is in the mix. Um, this is a particular wide receiving core, I'll be honest with you, I think is underachieved this year.
3: Yeah, I agree. And, and Mike Leach would tell you the same thing. And I think – You know, when Makai Polk left last season and he had, you know, 105 receptions, I think people were looking to see, you know, who would be the guy that kind of steps up and and really embraces that number one receiver role. And some people thought maybe it would be by committee. Some people thought maybe someone would step up as the number one guy. And uh, it turns out that Mike Leach was really hoping that someone would, would step up. And that hasn't been the case. I mean, you look at the numbers, as you mentioned, you know, these aren't. You know bad numbers and and the air rate allows for some pretty good numbers to be put up and, and the offense is very spread out I mean will Rogers has done a good job of distributing the ball to you know eight nine ten receivers if you want to count the running backs as well um, but but there hasn't been that guy that that he had last season where you know it's it's third and ten you need to throw it up and, and hope he makes it and makes a play if there were to be that guy I think it would be Ra Ra Thomas just because uh, of the size that he has and, and some of the athleticism that he showed. But he struggled a bit, you know, in the sense of, of he'll have drops, right? He'll have, you know, a, a great catch where he jumps over a, a defensive back and, and takes it to, you know, 70 yards to the end zone. And then he'll follow that up with a, you know, five-yard little lob pass into the end zone where he's wide open and he drops it. So there's some inconsistency there. There's some young players still in that receiving core. But overall, like, like you said, I would say... And it's a group that's underachieved a bit just because of maybe some of the expectations coming into the year. And, and we'll see if, if one of these guys can step up. You know, like I said, they're young. They're going to have a lot of these guys back next season, you know, with the exception of Caleb Ducking and uh, and Austin Williams. So we'll see if, if someone steps up next year or if uh, or if Mississippi State has to attack the transfer portal and find, you know, that next Makai Polk.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm glad you mentioned Austin Williams. He has had quite the year, and, and it, I think – from everything, everybody that I've talked to, incredible person. Had a tough game down in LSU. But if you'll remember, made made a big fourth down catch in, in a game earlier this year that, that helped uh, Mississippi State get the win. And also, I'd be curious to see, we haven't seen a lot of Jaden Wiley. Is there an injury there? Is there just a lack of focus? What's the reasoning we haven't heard his name very much?
3: Yeah, it, it, that's what you know. A lot of us have been trying to figure out the whole season. He's not injured. He's he's played you know every game. He's been out there. Uh, I think Rufus Harvey has just kind of came in this year, the Starkville native, and has really taken over that spot. I think, and and you know, Mike Leach is great about this and, and giving us access um, in the preseason training camps and, and getting to watch practices. And and Rufus really just emerged as as the better player. And I think that's that was really surprising because. You think back to 2020, and, and Wally was the guy where you were like, okay, like give this guy a couple of years, in the Mike Leach system and he's going to be real good. And um, coming into this year, you know, Brian Haydad and, and the folks who are at uh, 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 Super Talk Mississippi, they did their preseason poll and, and had everyone select you know who was going to be their leading receiver this year, and I picked Jaden Wally. I thought that he would be the guy to really take that step this year, and, and I think it just hasn't transpired. I think there's really, you know, no excuse. Um, you know, for there's no injury to kind of fall back on or anything along those lines. I just think he's underperformed, and, and Rufus Harvey has stepped up.
2: The offensive line, for lack of a better word, if anything, has stuck together with, with Dollar Bill Johnson, Nick Jones, uh, LaQuinston Sharp, Cole Smith, and Cameron Jones. A lot of – they're going to have to go recruit hard at this position, whether it be a, a transfer or recruit the high school range, because a lot of seniors, a lot of graduate transfers on that offensive line.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I think that's going to be a definitely an area that they attack a bit um, in the transfer portal, and um, you know, it's it, it was an area of concern with Charles Cross and and uh, Scott Lashley. Even after last season, you lose both your tackles, and I think uh, the players that have stepped in have done a manageable job. I don't think it's. It's not a unit where you're like, all right, like, you know, third and 10, we know that they're going to get a stop, you know, especially against this Ole Miss team and some of the pressure they can bring. I think they might need to run some two running back sets and get a little extra protection there. But I think overall, you know, when you look at this offense at at the end of the year, you're not going to say, you know, the struggles were due to what uh, what the offensive line did. So I think uh, it's been a manageable unit um, and definitely one that Mike Leach has has been able to lean on, you know, and and with the way the season has went.
2: Ole miss and Mississippi State both went after Percy Lewis the talented offensive lineman out of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College haven't seen a ton of him this year Has this just kind of been a year that he's kind of trying to learn the system or, or what are your thoughts on Percy Lewis
3: yeah when he was when he was signed last season you know on, on, on signing day I asked Mike leach you know if he thought that Percy Lewis was going to be the guy to replace Charles cross and be the starting left tackle and he said that that was a plan I, I think he just didn't really develop quite um, you know in the spring and, and then the, the August practices um, the way they wanted, And he's a young guy. You know, he hasn't had that SEC experience. So I think they were just being patient with him and saying, all right, um, you know, we can put Dollar Bill, we feel comfortable with him at left tackle and uh, and we'll let Percy, you know, take some time. You know, he stepped in a couple of times this season, whether it be, you know, in-game injuries or, or some of the, the blowout wins that Mississippi State has had. Um, but but he's and he's done a good job in that role. But I think with him, it's you know, he, he's got the size. Right. But I think it's a it's a matter of kind of putting it all together for him. Um, You know, getting all the fundamentals there to play at the SEC level. I I would imagine that going into the next season, he'll be starting for that state offensive line.
2: I'll spare the listeners all the stats and every record that Will Rogers has broke. Let's just say (laughs) this. Will's had a really good year. And I think more than anything, Stefan, is he really wants this game. A former Brandon native, we had a chance to visit with Jonathan Mingo at the press availability on Monday. And those two talk all the time, so you know there's a lot of fun banter going back and forth. What's Will Rogers mean to this team, Stefan?
3: Yeah, I think you know he gets a lot of uh, you know a lot of blame with the way this team goes, just because of how much this offense relies on him, right? I mean, it, it, it's it's at a point where, as far as Will Rogers goes, this offense goes just because of how reliant it is on him, and I think you know there's no doubt that the two Egg Bowls that, that they've lost and then the 0-2 record that Leach has is also something that Will Rogers carries. And, and it, obviously, you know, when you talk about legacies like that and you mentioned, you know, all the record-breaking numbers, a lot of record-breaking numbers go away if you don't have, don't have an Egg Bowl win in, in this state, right? So, um, you know, I, I think some of the flame is probably unfairly on him. I mean, you think back to the Egg Bowl a couple of years ago in Oxford, I thought he played pretty well in that game, to be honest with you. I think the defense was maybe the, the struggle for mississippi state in that one and then you look at last year's egg bowl it wasn't the, the best game for him um but i think sam williams did a great job of, of getting into the backfield and i think um you, you think back to the end of that first half too i mean you had like three drop touchdown passes in a row you know pretty easy ones so um you know, he carries a lot of blame and he puts a lot of blame on himself you know anytime the offense struggles he blames himself he doesn't you know throw the blame on the receivers or anything like that um but yeah, I mean, you talk about legacies. This is this is definitely a big one for him. And I actually did a story uh, this week uh, on his relationship with Jonathan Mingo. I mean, they like you said, they talk all the time. I mean, it's you know, he said that they they'll help each other scout sometimes. You know, if if State had already played Bama and Ole Miss is about to play Bama, you know, will will to- uh, throw him some some pointers or two. But uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of that this week.
2: <laughs> we heard a lot of the MSU fan base, specifically after the Arkansas game. Run the dang ball. And um, a lot of that is, of course, behind Dylan Johnson, who he's been a little banged up, Jockevis Marks, and then, of course, Simeon Price. This Ole Miss defense, Stefan, I don't need to tell you. Uh, I think the fans, uh, you, and everyone else saw what Arkansas did to Ole Miss uh, up in Fayetteville this past Saturday on the ground with Rocket Sanders and quarterback K.J. Jefferson. Is this an opportunity for Marks and Johnson and maybe Price to uh, set some records in the Egg Bowl?
3: Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of people at Mississippi State who are saying run the damn ball as well because <laughs> there's uh, there, there's no doubt. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, right? The, the Ole Miss defense all season has struggled with the rush defense and especially, you know, looking at the numbers specifically in SEC play, I think it's, you know, just below 200 rushing yards allowed per game, you know, against conference opponents. So I think that Mississippi State has to a bit. And, and I asked Mike Leach about that in his Monday press conference. I said, you know, do you feel like this is a game where you need to establish a run? And, and he kind of, you know, he didn't want to, Give away too much, but he said, you know, you know that the defense is going to try to take away one thing. Well, how can you, you know, counterpunch that? And I think, you know, for Ole Miss, so I, I think the logic is going to be we got to take away the pass. And that's going to definitely lose some opportunities there against a defense that's already struggling to to definitely take advantage of, of the running game. So I think you, you'll see, you know, like you mentioned, Dylan Johnson has, has been banged up a bit this season. And I think they played a smart and, you know, he was in uniform, but didn't play, you know, in that game against East Tennessee State because they didn't really need him. So I think he's you know he's rested up a bit hasn't hasn't had to play you know since that Georgia game um, and it's an opportunity for for him and Jaquavis Marks and Simeon Price like you mentioned to really get going I, I think the numbers speak for themselves and and if Mississippi State walks away from this game with with sixty pass attempts and, and only fifteen rushes or any, something like that along those lines um, you'll probably have some fans that are pretty upset if it, if it's a loss that that Mississippi State didn't try to run it some more
2: defensively. I really like the linebacking core of Tyra Sweet, Nathaniel Watson, Jet Johnson. Those guys have really played well. What are your thoughts as a whole for this this Mississippi State defense up against an Ole Miss team that's going to try to establish a run from the very beginning?
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup because we've seen State be really good against the run game. We've seen State be really bad against the run game. Like that that Kentucky game, they gave up you know north of two hundred rushing yards, and then they turned around and, and only gave up a handful of yards. Um, you know, at Alabama and, and that, you know, running back horse. So I think uh, it, it's kind of been a hit or miss defense this year because we see guys like Tyra Wheat, as you mentioned, and, and Emmanuel Forbes, you know, the defensive back, um, you know, make some really explosive plays and, and really turn turn the momentum in the game. But at the same time, you know, that's kind of, you know, counterpunched with a 60-yard touchdown allowed the next play, you know, a 50-yard touchdown the next play. So it's going to be interesting to see if, if State can limit some things. That, you know, what I'm interested to see is how they face this tempo because, We've seen state, you know, throughout some games, not really substitute as much as as you would hope uh, in the first half, and then you see the defense get fatigued a bit, and it kind of wears down on them a bit in the second half, and especially if the offense is struggling and you're constantly, you know, on the field, um, you know, really get get worn down in the second half. So I'm interested to see, you know, with this tempo and not much opportunity to substitute, you know, how Mississippi State is going to play it. You know, do you have do you kind of mix and match some of your first thing first string players and second string players, you know, for drives. In the first half, do you tell you know your backup defensive tackle like, hey, you know, you go out there this half, you try to do something for us just so we can get you know some of these younger guys arrested? It's going to be an interesting matchup, um, you know, but but I think it, it's going to come down to how Mississippi State can handle the run. I think there's no doubt that's what Ole Miss is going to try to do, um, and they haven't you know they, they haven't really proven anything just because of how consistent you know the State defense has been with the rush defense. So it's kind of up in the air. We'll see we'll see what they do, but I will say. Uh, running quarterbacks like like Jaden Daniels earlier this year have hurt, um you know the Mississippi State defense. Even Malik Hornsby for Alabama when he stepped in, or for Arkansas I should say, when he stepped in, did a pretty good job against this state defense with his legs. So I think there's going to be some opportunities there for Jackson Dart, maybe even more so than than Jenkins and Evans.
2: I think um Robbie Falk of Two Four Seven Sports tweeted out something. Emmanuel Forbes is incredible, the junior cornerback uh, and. In- Something about the fact that he's he maybe leads all time at Mississippi State in in pick sixes or something. So um, he's an incredible talent, and, and and I think if they put him on Mingo, that's going to be a fa- that's going to be a fantastic matchup to watch.
3: Yeah, he and the record he broke was actually the FBS record. So he's the ah, okay. all time you know college you. football leader of pick sixes. It's it's pretty amazing what he's been able to do. Um, you know, he's got six interceptions this year and three of them have been, you know, taken back for a touchdown. So he's a, he's an athletic guy that really has not only a knack for the ball. I mean, you hear that all the time with corners that they have a knack for the ball. Um, but, but he knows how to, you know, read a field when, when he's got the ball in his hands, he knows how to find his blocks and, you know, and make some plays happen. So, um, it, it, it like you said, that matchup with him and, and who really, and even if they throw him on Malik Heath a bit, um, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, uh, Zach Garnett hasn't been the guy to just really say, Hey, you know, Go guard this guy. He's our number one receiver. You're on him all game. He's not afraid to put, you know, DeCamry on Richardson, their their second corner, um, you know, on a guy like Mingo. I'm interested to see, you know, with with the matchup with Malik Heath, you know, if Forbes is the type of guy to, you know, quietly throughout a game, you know, deliver the hit or or say something or really try to get under someone's skin and and knowing obviously that, you know, the, the history with Malik Heath at Mississippi State, you know, are they gonna try, you know, to purposely have a bit of that with Emmanuel Forbes? It's gonna be interesting, but um you know, both those matchups, both those receivers, Mingo and Heath, they have had a great season and are really tough matchups, and I think watching him go against, you know, Forbes, whichever one he's on at any given point, um, is gonna be really fun to see.
2: Ole Miss has done well with Jonathan Cruz as his place kicker, really struggled with Fraser Mason as his punter. I know Mississippi State fans know all too well about struggling with punting. Archer Trafford is his punnets on the senior transfer. George Georgopolis is also punted. It's been a struggle bus down in Starkville uh, punting the football.
3: Yeah, it's been so weird because you in those first, like, five or six games, Mississippi State had one of the best punting units in the nation. I mean, they were doing a great job pinning teams inside the 20. I think half of the punts through five games landed inside the 20. So they did a good job at the start of the year, and then it kind of just collapsed. I mean, you started seeing, like, 14-yard punts, 13-yard punts, fumble snaps, block punts returned, you know, for touchdowns against east tennessee state of all teams so yeah it's really taking a turn for the worst um i'm not sure you know what their plan is who's going to be the punter if it's going to be Georgeopolis or trafford or if they're going to mix and match um it it's it's really a toss in the air right now it's been a really poor unit uh for mississippi state the whole special teams has been weird because the kicking game hasn't been as bad as it was last year you know massimo has done a good job the last few games stepping in He's accurate he's just not he doesn't have a big leg so if it's outside of 40 yards, I think some state fans have been wondering why Ben Rabin hasn't been the guy to, to kick just because he hit a 50 yarder or something along those lines earlier this season you know why he hasn't been the one taking the distance kicks um, but, but the kicking has been fine and then you look at the return game with two Lou Griffin and with Xavion Thomas returning punts both have been really good this season so the special teams are either really good or really bad and there really hasn't been much of a middle ground there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that I've seen you tweet before. Uh, you know, Tulu Griffin, uh, Leditrick Le- De- uh, Le- Griffin, but but they call him Tulu. And I think you tweeted, "Don't kick to him." And as soon as they kick to him, he returns it for a touchdown. He is an incredible kickoff returner.
3: Yeah, I think he's going to be an All American, and and uh, he re- he leads the nation with about thirty three kickoff return yards per return. Um, is always a you know he, every time he returns one and gets tackled after thirty or forty yards, you look and you are like, man, if he had broken that one tackler, gotten that one block, you know, he was gone. It's always, you know, you see it a lot with kickoff returns. Like when they find, they, they just need that last purse to, to get it done. And he's, he's either, you know, tackled before that last purse or he makes that last burst. It always gets to that point. So I'm interested, you know, with the weather conditions and things along those lines, if, if he's going to have his opportunities against Little Miss. But it's interesting because, you know, preseason, and, and he put up these numbers last season. I mean, he was in a, a phenomenal kick return last season too. He had a 100-yard return uh, in that game against NC State. And he's a guy that wasn't you know, wasn't voted by the coaches as an all S C C kick returner and now you're looking at it, you're like, Well he's probably gonna wind up being an all American. So it's it's interesting. Maybe some people forgot about him, but definitely those coaches that didn't vote him are the same coaches that are probably telling their kickers, hey, don't <laughs> kick to that guy.
2: <laughs> don't kick. I, mean, I, I can guarantee you uh, that Ole Miss coaching staff is trying to figure out a way for Tulu Griffin to not beat them in the return game if they watched any film at all. He's Stefan Kroshnick, does a great job covering Mississippi State for the Clarion-Ledger down in Jackson, and we appreciate him joining us here today. Stefan, thanks very much for joining us. We'll see you Thanksgiving night in Oxford.
3: Yeah, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening. And for you, I'll see you up in Oxford on Thursday.
2: And thanks again for Stefan Krosnick for joining us from the Clarion-Ledger. covers Mississippi State and uh, does a great job. And we appreciate him being part of the Believe it on his podcast. Right here on the Believe Network, remember, today's show sponsored by Bet Bet BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including – NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Head on over to Bet Online today. Use that mobile device and join and make your very first sports bet. Use your promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's B L E A V. And that way uh, you can get right in, save 50%, and go to Bet Online where the game starts at betonline.ag. Today's show is also sponsored by Debbie Johnson of Cast Real Estate, our studio sponsor here. on the Believe in Us Podcast. Call her on her cell phone, 662 689. 0090. if you're looking for that real estate spot in around the oxford area just tell them you heard it right here on the believe it on um, this podcast and she will take care of you and be your real estate agent thanks everybody for joining us we look forward to talking to you after the egg bowl we'll have an instant analysis it'll be a bit later we'll have a recap show of the egg bowl at some point Thursday night and look forward to hearing from you right here on the Believe It On Miss Podcast. Also if you have any questions, shoot us a message on Twitter at Brad Logan C O T. We'd love to uh, to help you out if you have any questions at all. And thanks again for telling a friend we're continuing to grow and we appreciate it to be an opportunity to be a part of your listening pleasure here on the Believe it Ole Miss Podcast, covering Ole Miss Sports right here on the Believe It On Miss Podcast, right here on the Believe Network.